This is a powerful story, and I can't wait to share it with you. Because of the investment from our community and Tucson Electric Power, not only from a financial perspective, but prioritizing partnerships and community involvement, local elementary and secondary schools in Tucson, Arizona are benefiting, and so is the planet. Is there any wonder why I'm excited? I'm Gina Murphy-Darling, and this is Down to Earth Tucson. excited about this show, about our guest, and about what he has to share with us. Please join me in welcoming a return guest, a stellar human being, and a senior tech specialist for Tucson Electric Power, Armando Ruiz. Welcome, my friend. It's great to finally have you back here. I feel the same. Thank you. It's been way, way, way too long. Yes. And I want to share a little bit more about you because I haven't been able to do that for quite some time. And to me, it makes your message just that much richer because all you have been up to. So I'm going to share a little bit about you. I'm going to brag about you for a minute. Shoo, you ready? Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> for more than 15 years, you have supported the TEP, UNSE, and UNSG residential and commercial programs. Your background and your experience at TEP are pretty extensive, and you have focused on customer service, residential and commercial energy efficiency. And knowing what I know, I'm quite sure that you have knowledge about customer service, building science, energy efficiency, energy uses, billing, and rates throughout your career. Have I missed any of the big buckets? Because I know you've done a lot and have been in many facets of TEP's growth and development. Did I miss anything? No, I'm blushing, but I think you covered it quite well. I was, I didn't want to interrupt. Thank you. Good. Wow. Well, I, I like when people know a little bit more about our guests in case they don't read it in the show notes. So now that we have a better sense for who you are, are you ready to share with us everything you ever we ever needed to know about supporting elementary and secondary schools, energy efficiency, and the powerful community partnerships at work. It's one of the things I love about doing these shows, the partnerships. How would you describe the program? What's the big picture of this program? I think it is community involvement because we are the utility, we do serve the community, but we're also a part of the community. And doing things like this is powerful, as you stated earlier. But I think that this is one of the reasons why we have people like myself and my coworkers and colleagues that come on to spread these words because we do this, but it doesn't really get enough sharing of information or press, you might say. So coming on here and sharing these programs, sharing these stories, sharing these efforts, it really is more about just the community sharing on top of the involvement and on top of the serving. And what I know about schools is actually quite a bit. And the budgets are tight and getting tighter. So how is there money ever for high energy, you know, high efficiency lighting and other things that are being installed? And the answer is, if it's from a school district, a school's budget, there is no money. So what you're doing, approved by the Corporation Commission, is designed to help these schools that don't have the financial resources pay for the projects. Is that a fair summary of what you're doing? That's a fair and accurate summary. We do have a budget and we are stewards of this money and we try to make it not only last to cover as many schools as we can, whether public or charter, but we also want to make sure that we are, as the saying goes, get everyone their bang for their buck, right? 
So the money spent is the money spent. There's no debate about that. But the value behind it and what people get for it, that's what we're really focused on as stewards of this money to make sure that anybody and anybody that benefits from this program can really literally see the value in the lighting and other energy efficiency measures that are done to benefit them. Again, it's a, it's for the kids. It's for the schools. Who doesn't want to help the kids? And this is our indirect way of doing this that leads to schools and kids benefiting through their education. And what I know is that it's really a big benefit to the planet too. I mean, energy efficiency, I I was, you know, brought into the world of first, um, you know, most recently LED lighting and the difference it makes in how hot the light bulbs are. I know that sounds ridiculous, but when you amplify that for massive lighting in schools, it's a it's a gift that keeps on giving because once you make the changes, the energy efficiency is there and the expense is less and the you know taxing on the grid is less. So how does it work? So there's a million dollars in the budget from what my research has said. Mm-hmm. It's funded by the taxpayers, the ratepayers, right? Demand side management. There's a small surcharge on monthly bills. Correct. Do I have that straight? I want to make sure I did all my homework right. <laughs> A plus. Okay, A plus. So how does it work? You're not out there doing all the work. No. How do you execute it, and what is your role in all of that? Well, I'm in a support role to our program manager, Jessica Berry. She's great. She's done a great job of designing this program and others, and I've taken the time to learn what has been designed and support that and make sure that the wheels don't fall off, basically. So, yes, A plus on your, your homework. You have that right. And the way that this happens is... It's not just a partnership with the community, but it's a partnership among businesses. We have an implementation contractor that goes out and administers and facilitates our program, and we work hand-in-hand with them as they work hand-in-hand with trade allies and the schools themselves. So there are several entities that come together, as I described, and understanding the program, everyone's role and part in it and how this flow works is what we've worked on these last few program years where we've gotten it to a point that not only is this practicing energy efficiency, but it's also bringing in business efficiencies as well, which adds to the benefit to the schools and the children, and as you stated, to Mother Earth. Now, I like to say that this isn't a or program, it's an and program. We are focused on the energy efficiency and the benefit to the students and the schools. The environment is not a necessarily a secondary thought, it's an integrated thought. It's collaborative. Right. It's it's not, you know, the environment or the schools. No, right. it's the environment and the schools. So, and we try to do that approach and take that approach and brainstorm with all of our programs. But this is a really great example of how that collaboration can really come together in the true sense of the word collaboration, as opposed to compromise where someone wins and someone loses. No, this is collaborative. We've listened to the voice of the customer. We've listened to the voice of the schools. And we've done a great job, I think, of designing a program that really demonstrates what we are striving towards. So I think it's great. I'm very proud of the work that this program has done and the benefit, again, to not only the environment, but also to the children in the school districts, as well as the charters. So how does it work in terms of a school? And I'm assuming since there are so many charter schools in Tucson that it's public schools and there are public charter schools. So it's there. It's no cost to them, but how do they find out about it? And how do you pick what schools can participate? Is that even a thing? It is a thing, actually, and I'm glad you asked. So the schools can participate in a number of ways where 
we have outreach people that reach out to various school districts, public schools and charters, as I mentioned, but they can also reach out to us. And we have paths of communication that flow both ways. We also have a unique position that we've had around for a year where we have CAMs or key account managers. And these are TEP employees that actually provide customer service to all of these different customers, including schools and charter schools, where they too reach out to them regarding their bills, understanding what their usage is, how to reduce it, and basically know how their bills and energy is working. And this includes any opportunities through energy efficiency or any of our other programs. So they can get a hold of us and they can approach us as we can in many different ways. Got it. And it and it is no charge to them, but there is, of course, a cost. And that's where the stewardship of money comes in, where if a school needs something, we go out and we look at it and we assess what they need and we align those needs with what our program offers. And when the two come together, we go ahead and have several bids done. And because we are the stewards of this money, we look at the bids and we look at what are we going to spend, how much are we going to save, and what's the benefit to the schools and the children. And within that, we go ahead and select a bid, and we do that for a variety of school districts as well as the charters, and we look at the ranking of need because some schools have greater needs than others, as well as factoring in participation from past years. And we do have a ranking system that takes into account a variety of things to really make an informed decision where we're not favoring any one group and we're balancing the needs with desires, as well as what is prudent and proper for each school and balances that with the intention of our our utility program. So that's kind of, I had a question woven into my brain about when I interviewed Susan Gray, Mm -hmm. um, your new CEO, head person in charge. She talked at the very end of the show about your TP's really focused, intentional dedication to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And as you and I know, because I've been here probably longer than you've been born. I don't even want to be saying that on the air anymore. But I've been in Tucson for a very long time, very involved in school districts, very involved in schools. So how do you ensure that the diversity of the program dollars are spent the way that would support diversity, equity, and inclusion? And you and I know, I mean, I talk about everything on the show. I worked with Sunnyside School District. I worked with TUSD they are underfunded and areas of their schools where they're placed are even more underfunded. So is this a way that you oversee that and make sure that the program dollars are being distributed in an equitable and fair way? Is that, is that a, was there a question there, Armando? (laughs) You know what I'm getting at. I'll I'll take it as a question. And yes, I'll follow your lead as well as uh, Susan Gray's kind of Uh, summary. Yes, the ranking process that I described, you know, somewhat briefly does include things like that, where we are recognizing the location of the school, its characteristic and attributions to ensure that the number of students, the, the the dollars per student, the lack of funding, all of that is taken into account in addition to, like I said, many other factors so that we are looking at this with the, the lens of diversity wanting to have inclusivity with all of the things that we decide to do. And if there is something that I guess maybe isn't taken into account, this is again where we reinforce that customer service point of, well, then let us know because 
like anything else, we can't fix what we don't know. And after years of having this program in the making, it is even better. Every year it gets better because things like this are brought up, things like this are included. And as difficult as it may be to talk about the idea of diversity, possibly even inclusion, I think the only thing worse is not talking about it. So thankfully, customers from the school district, charter schools, as well as our, our CAMs, they're bringing this information to us and we're listening with open minds and open hearts and we're doing what's right for everybody involved and all of this, the stakeholders. And it really does take in practice what Susan was talking about and what you're asking about. Got it. So it's, I mean, I didn't have any fears about it, but I like to know a little bit more in depth. And my other question is, is another long one that isn't easy. So there's lots of moving parts in this, as I see. And when I'm trying to figure it out and get a visual for things, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, so there's you guys, the TEP good guys. <laughs> and <then> there's, <laughs> seriously, I mean, you know how I feel about working with TEP. Then there's the implementation contractor, and then there's the trade allies. So to me, that's a lot of moving parts in what I would call big complex systems, which school districts are, without a doubt, okay? Mm -hmm. So your role is to work with the implementation contractor who then works with the trade allies. How does that work? And I, I, I'm actually very curious about it, which is why I'm asking the question, because as I said, lots of moving parts. Yes, there are a lot of moving parts and those long, hard questions are my favorite. Those easy softballs. <laughs> that was really a long one. It was a 16 part question. Yeah, no, that's great. And I'm glad you asked. It gives me an opportunity to again, talk about something that I'm very proud of. So just in case there's anybody that I'm not giving their due recognition, you're right. There are a lot of moving parts in our implementation contractor, DNV. We do work hand in hand with them. In turn, they do work with the trade allies or the contractors, like the people that actually go out and do the work. Right. And the way that this all works is that we work collaboratively together. We've gotten a chance to know each other, even pre-pandemic, you know, face-to-face, where we get to know each other as people because we're not robots, we are people, and we do have passions for what we do. So once we get to know each other as people and we accept the diversity of who we're working with, we can then practice the diversity and inclusion of these different moving parts that in turn help all of these other schools and districts. The partnership with DNV is empowerment. They have learned the program that has been designed, that they are the stewards of this program to administer and to facilitate. And once they start with the, I guess, relationship building, you might say, right. and then practicing the program as it's written, they're empowered because they know, you know, whether it's Jessica or myself, they know what we would do if we were there. We know the parameters and the focus, starting with customer service, as well as closely followed by safety of what we want them to do. And having those conversations really empowers them so that they go out there and they do work, not only hand in hand, but better and, and enhanced version of what we used to have. And that, again, we practice that from the contractor to DNV. So it works both ways. It's not one way. Uh, it's circular because once we complete that, we start it all over again and it just keeps going. It is a lot of moving parts, and I hope I'm doing it justice by making it sound easy. But the easy part comes because we've done this for years. We know each other very well. It's not a one day it's this person, the next day it's something else or someone else. Jessica and I have been here for a while. 
the people within our implementation contractor have been for a while, and that's the same as our trade allies or our contractors. So that, I guess you might say, stability of personnel, expertise, and application of focus really makes it easier. By all means, it's, I'm not saying it's easy, but it makes it easier to take something complex and vast and make it sound and work as if it's easy. And, and just sitting here being a very active listener, it's about what you said in the beginning. It's about establishing relationships and building trust and making sure lines of communication are open. And when I read this, when I was preparing for the show, I went, wow, this is a lot of moving parts, like lots. So once your trade ally is chosen for a project, who works with the schools to set it all up? Because I'm sure you're not in there changing light bulbs in second grade when there's um, testing going on. If we're even going to have back to school, I know a lot of schools are back, but who decides, who works with the schools to make sure that it's all going to work out there? Because that's another thing, another moving part as far as I'm concerned. Right, you're correct. So the implementation contractor and or the trade ally will work directly with the school to schedule when the work is being done. And they're very accommodating. Again, I started like the first lesson I learned as a TMP employee was customer service. Everything else was built around that and on top of that. And the practice here is no different. We have made uh, lessons learned about not scheduling, as you stated, when second grade is testing, or when school's in session, we really took advantage of the pandemic and kids not being in school to get a lot of work done. So when they do come back in person, it's ready to go. But we also take the time, again, schools are very accommodating as are our implementation contractor and trade allies. They do the work in the evenings. Wow. After school's out, even sometimes even on the weekends. So it is very accommodating. It's very collaborative. And either entity, whether again, the implementation contractor or the trail allies will work directly with the schools, whether it's a facilities person or the principal, to schedule a time that is comfortable and convenient for everybody involved. So it's, again, lots of moving parts. And then my last question is, there's always quality assurance. And this is one that is always, it, it's, it's interesting to me in terms of conversation because I have owned several companies, large and small, and have always believed the buck stops here. And it's really hard. The bigger you are, the harder it is to ensure quality. It really is because you're not out doing all the work so that nobody has to worry. How do you put in what I would call quality assurance or that everything is done up to your standards throughout the process, which is long and complicated and has all those moving parts I talked to. How do you make sure that the quality is there because that's something that TEP is obviously committed to? We do it in a variety of ways. The two main ways are an administrative review, kind of in person with documents and whatnot. Right. And then actually in person, believe it or not, I do actually still get out there with the trade allies, with their implementation contractor, and I will show up unannounced, show up at times scheduled. They are unaware at times, and that even makes the quality assurance checking of not only the room counts, the bulbs, the type of bulbs, the workmanship itself, leaving the area clean, all of that type of stuff is done. So some things that are old are still new again. And what I started out doing with TEP 15 plus years ago, I still do. I still check on the work. 
And thankfully, businesses, not, not just ourselves, have improved themselves. And within their own processes, they have quality assurance amongst the trade allies themselves. Our implementation contractor, they have quality assurances within themselves. So in an essence, I'm kind of like the checker of the checkers. But <laughs> with all of these checks going all along the way and throughout this process, thankfully, like I said, with the relationship building and the understanding of the intention of the program, it's really more formal and just kind of getting it done because we've gone through these growing pains. They know what the expectations are. So it's kind of just going through the process and ensuring that what we've established is continuing. But yes, I still do look at paperwork. I still do look at the product out in the field. And check light bulbs. I mean, it's really important because your name's attached to it. And TP, I've had some things going on lately because we have a rental and you know moved out of our other house. And I'm, they don't, a lot of people there at TEP don't know me. Hundreds of people there don't know me. And I'm always amazed at the superior customer service that I get. It's really impressive for a big, huge utility company. So is there anything I missed? Is there anything that you're saying, Gina, you didn't ask me this, you overlooked this? Do you have anything that you're uh, burning to say that I might have overlooked? Just to say that I'm very proud of everybody involved, those that I've named and those that I have not. Hopefully everyone knows who they are. This is a collaborative community effort. Again, this is not something that was easy to get to, but this is something very worthwhile. And those that are involved on their behalf, I'm, I'm very proud of this program. And I, I'm proud to have the opportunity to interview you to spread the word. I hope that we do a really good job with getting it out there to the schools and to the TEP staff. It's again, it's something that you should all be really proud of because to me it's about the the whole thing that we didn't talk about a lot is the employment of other people, your trade allies that really um, are such a value to our community. We need them. We need those trade allies. We need them to be employed. We need them to to make a livable wage. And that's kind of the silent part of the many good things that TEP does that I get to hear about because I'm Mrs. Green and I get to interview. So I learn a lot and then I spread the word. So great to connect with you, my friend. Please keep on doing all the good things that you and TEP are doing out there in the world for us and for our community. And stay safe. You too. It's great to have had you back. Same here. Thanks again. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Make sure you get out there and turn your light bulbs off when you're not in the room. That's my Mrs. Green takeaway. Turn those lights off and save energy. Mm -hmm.